You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. Great to have you guys along. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code Locked On, and you will get 20% off your next order on today's show. Full reaction to week six of the SEC. Everything from an on-field fight to a bunch of massive blowouts. We will break them all down. We'll also give you who impressed and depressed this week in the conference. Man, it feels like this LSU team this season just permanently belongs on the depressed list, but we'll get into all of that. I am Chris Gordy. Be sure to subscribe and follow Locked on SEC for free. Wherever you get your podcast, you will get the latest episode of Locked on SEC as soon as it comes out for you each and every day. We're here for you five days a week. Let's get into it. Let's recap the action that was week six of the SEC. Boots out to the right. Makes the handoff. What a catch! Around the conference. Work out of the shotgun. We bring five, and Gatewood will run it himself. The ball came out. We stripped it out. Georgia, I think, has recovered the fumble, if indeed it is a fumble, and it is. The dog stripped out Gatewood and recovered it. Richard LeCount with the football. A game that featured one quarterback throwing for 130 yards and the other quarterback throwing for 90 yards. You knew this one would be very low scoring. Kentucky quarterback Joey Gatewood getting his first career start at home, but just was not able to do much of anything. The longest pass he completed in this one was for 11 yards. Chris Rodriguez, the lone bright spot for the Kentucky offense. He ran for 108 on the ground, but the Georgia defense did a phenomenal job holding the Cats to just three points. And that was amid Bulldog defenders dropping left and right with injuries all getting beat up. Georgia won this one 14-3. But the talk in Athens throughout this game, all about their quarterback, Stetson Bennett, who was just 9 for 13 for 131 yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions. He did rush for a touchdown, but with a massive game against Florida looming, many are questioning why we haven't at least seen JT Daniels take a snap yet this year? Do we know? Is he hurt? Is he healthy? Can he play? A lot of questions going on there. It's nothing against Stetson Bennett. He's done okay to this point. But I think most Bulldog fans realize he is limited. And they question, can he be the guy to carry this team to a national championship? One other concern, like I mentioned, that defense for Georgia got beat up throughout this game. How many guys are going to be limited? How many guys are going to be out? for the Florida game this week. It's their biggest game of the year. Big questions for Kirby Smart in that defense. Finley, with time, throws. He goes down, ball is loose, ball is loose. Picked up by the Tigers, down to the five. It's a touchdown, Christian touch, Christian touch. Oh, the scoop and score, touchdown Auburn. Yeah, you know, I questioned last week why LSU was a three-point favorite on the road at Auburn. And a lot of it made sense, right? LSU's true freshman quarterback dominated South Carolina a week ago. Auburn fresh off that close win at Ole Miss. But in this one, literally everything that could go Auburn's way did. And everything that could go wrong for LSU did. And what would be LSU's worst loss in over 25 years as they lose to Auburn 48-11. I should say there was one positive. Derek Stingley Jr. was able to rip a ball out near the goal line and force a turnover that turned into a touchback, but it really didn't matter. What's crazy to think about this game and how we ended up at 48-11 was 
We were scoreless going into the second quarter. But Auburn turned it up on both offense and defense. A near flawless game for, call him the up and down Bo Nix throughout this season. He was 18 of 24, 300 yards, three touchdowns through the air. On the ground, he ran it 80 for 81 yards and another score. The receiving trio of Schwartz, Williams, and Stove, they were all really good catching the ball. And Tank Bigsby, pretty good day at the office running the ball, 71 rushing yards and two touchdowns. The tone setter for Auburn came with 5.30 to go in the first half. Auburn's clinging to a 7-0 lead. They're able to sandwich LSU quarterback DJ Finley on a sack. They stripped the ball out, and Christian Tutt returned it for 20 yards for a touchdown return. From there, Finley just never looked comfortable, and LSU even turned to their other true freshman quarterback, Max Johnson, in the second half, but it was just too little too late. For LSU, they have some major questions going forward. Yet another opponent scoring in the 40s on them, putting up over 500 yards of offense, and the Bo Pelini defensive coordinator hire has just been an abject disaster. Their one saving grace was the offense was still scoring a lot of points coming into this game, but even that came to an end this week. Some real soul-searching for LSU as they get a week off before they get to host, oh yeah, the undefeated Alabama Crimson Tide. I know a lot of LSU fans out there just polishing off that national championship trophy and you know kissing their picture of Joe Burrow. It was a fantastic season last year, quite the opposite this year for the reigning national champion LSU Tigers. Pressure comes. Corral gets it away. Going to the corner of the end zone. Touchdown, Ole Miss. And who else? Elijah Moore with his third touchdown catch of the game. And that is worthy of a handshake. In a game I'm sure not a lot of you guys watched unless you're, you know, really diehard Ole Miss fan or diehard Mandy fan for that matter. This was a get-right game for Lane Kiffin and his crew as they dominated on offense as expected. Matt Corral, absolutely outstanding. 31 of 34, 412 yards, six touchdowns, no INTs. Corral completed 19 consecutive passes at one point, breaking Eli Manning's 2001 school record for most consecutive completions in a game. Another epic day for wide receiver Elijah Moore. 14 catches, 238 yards, and three touchdowns. Moore is the first player in Ole Miss history with multiple 200-yard receiving games in a single season. Defensively, again, not a great day for the Ole Miss defense, which continues to struggle, but we knew that. A nice day for the Vandy freshman quarterback, Ken Seals. He was 31 of 40, 319 yards and two touchdowns. But Ole Miss, they finally get back into the win column, and Vandy, they drop to 0-4, and it just feels like Vanderbilt is not going to win a game this year. And you just wonder, I mean, we look at some of the athletic departments laying people off left and right. Is, can Vandy afford to let go Derek Mason? <laughs> is this a season where just everybody gets a pass and we bring back all the coaches from last year to the, to the next year? Something to consider, but... Things are not going well for Vanderbilt, at least for Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss. They feel a little bit better about themselves moving forward. When we return, we will run through the other three games from Saturday, including the one that had the big fight on the field. Hey, the weather is getting colder, which means even more reason to stay inside on the weekends, watch college football, and enjoy an ice-cold Coors Light. When the mountains turn blue, you know it's as cold as the Rockies, and that's what I was doing on Saturday, enjoying a full slate of college football 
and Coors Light. It is mountain cold refreshment. It is made to chill. Had a buddy come over on Saturday night to watch the games, socially distanced, of course, and the first thing he said to me, do I need to pick up some Coors Light? No need to. Already got the fridge stocked with them. But if we ran out, very easy to replenish without even leaving the couch. Just go to get.coorslight.com. Very easy to order in the new look cans. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that is made to chill. And remember to celebrate responsibly. They are Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Coors Light, the best thing for you to relax. Along on Locked On SEC, recapping all the action that was this past weekend in the SEC. And it was nice to have a, a full slate of games, have uh, six teams in action. Two game, teams were on their bye this week, Tennessee and South Carolina. But other than that, everybody else in the conference was rocking and rolling. And so a lot to digest as we get into continuing our recap of what was in week six. And our next game, Mississippi State, Alabama. Mississippi State sends Witherspoon in motion. Will Rogers stands in, has protection, looks and throws, intercepted Alabama, taken to the house. Patrick Sertan, touchdown Alabama. A pick six for the junior from Plantation, Florida. In a game where we all expected Alabama to dominate, and look, they very much did. Mississippi State had some times early on in this one where their defense played okay. Their D-line was giving Alabama's O-line some problems early on, but the calling card of Mike Leach has always been his offense, and they were absolutely shut down by the Alabama defense. Mississippi State scored 44 points in Week 1 against LSU. Since that game, they have scored 30 total points in the four games since. It was the first time Mike Leach has been shut out as a head coach, that surpasses his 24-2 loss to Kentucky three weeks ago for his lowest scoring game ever. That's not an easy thing to do. I don't care if it's the first year for Mike Leach. I don't care if he's dismissing guys from the program. You score zero points with that offense, that's a big feather in the cap for Alabama. A big day for Devontae Smith offensively for the Tide. 11 catches, 203 yards, four touchdowns. He is now tied with Amari Cooper for Alabama's program record for career receiving touchdowns with 31. He's going to surpass that in the coming weeks. In fact, he's going to do it their next game against LSU in two weeks. Alabama, top five in all-time receiving touchdowns. It's Devontae Smith and Amari Cooper right at the top, followed by Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, and Calvin Ridley. All guys who've played in the last five years at Alabama. No coincidence that their offense is rocking and rolling with these guys. Yet another great day for Mac Jones. Those for just under 300 yards with four touchdowns. But that Alabama defense, man, they are really starting to play with a lot of confidence. Seem to be getting better each and every week. And that spells trouble for not just the rest of the SEC, but the rest of college football. And by the way, it has been 4,733 days since Alabama lost to an unranked opponent. That is just crazy impressive. Kudos to Cole Kublik for dropping in that stat. To his right, to the 25, cuts outside, 20, splits a couple defenders, still on his feet to the 10. Wow. And look at this, six for six. Touchdown, Aggies, Devon A-Chain, his first for Texas A&M. The first of the two night games, I really thought the Arkansas Razorbacks had a chance 
at the upset going into College Station, taking on Texas A&M, which, by the way, appeared to have a little bit more than the 24,000 fans they claim were in the stands. Looked maybe more like 70,000, but as much credit as we gave Barry Odom through the first few weeks of the season, Arkansas defensive coordinator, I thought he got outcoached by Jimbo Fisher and company yesterday. The Aggie offense was rolling, converting just about every third down. An outstanding day from Kellen Mond, by the way. 21 of 26, 260 yards, three touchdowns. Isaiah Spiller with 82 yards and a score on the ground. Arkansas tried to keep up, but they were just too inconsistent offensively. When you look at the numbers, they looked really good. I mean, Felipe Franks throws for 239 and three touchdowns. Doesn't turn the ball over. Rakeem Boyd rushes for 100 yards and a touchdown. By the way, Rakeem Boyd went over 2,000 career rushing yards. First Arkansas running back to reach that mark since Alex Collins. But I give a lot of credit to Aggie defensive coordinator Mike Elko. Four sacks on the day. The Aggies did give up a couple of scores late, but the game was well in hand already. And AM sitting at an impressive 4-1 now with their only blemish, the loss to Alabama. The Aggies are in a really good spot now. Perhaps win out the rest of the way and make a case for getting to a New Year's Six Bowl or maybe even a playoff spot. Just keep winning, keep doing it in impressive fashion. We have a pretty impressive resume at the end of the year. The right hash. Tony motions to the near side. Trash drops back, looks and looks, fires the ball down to Tony. He's wide open. The other night game in the SEC, one that ended up being the one everybody was talking about, Mizzou at Florida. Look, I thought Mizzou had an outside chance to keep this one close, and they did. With under two minutes to go until halftime, Mizzou leading 7-6, to six, but suddenly Florida found a way to score. Not one, but two quick touchdowns, and they take a 20-7 to seven halftime lead. As the half was expiring, a Mizzou defender delivered a late hit on Kyle Trask that went uncalled, no penalty, and that would lead to an all-out brawl. Punches being thrown, an all-around ugly situation. Coach Mullen, and now this is starting to get a little bit out of hand. Yeah, Florida needs to get out of here. They got a big game next week against Georgia, and I think that's what Dan Mullen was trying to do is prevent any any one of his players from doing something stupid. This is getting ugly. There's punches being thrown. Yeah, that's getting beyond ugly. That's another one thrown. Zachary Carter in there for Florida. Oh, this, is, this is getting bad. Both teams would eventually head to their locker rooms. The refs kept talking with both coaches for several minutes to try to sort things out, presumably telling them, look, no more in the second half. Everybody's been warned. But as Dan Mullen walked off the field, he waved his arms at the crowd to pump them up, starts walking down the tunnel before turning around and coming back onto the field and waving his arms in the air once again. If you're a Gator fan, you loved every second of it. If you're not a Gator fan, you said, what an idiot Dan Mullen is. Back to the actual football game. Florida came out in the second half with their foot on the gas pedal, outscoring Mizzou 24-7 and cruising to a 41-17 victory. Another outstanding day for Kyle Trask as he was 21 of 36, 345 yards, four touchdowns. Through four games, Trask has over 1,300 yards passing and 18 touchdowns, which is an SEC record through the first four games of the season. He was impressive using his legs as well. Nick Bolton, really good on that Mizzou defense, another double-digit tackle day for him. He's going to be in the NFL very soon. But the Gators improved to 3-1 and one and now play their biggest game of the season against Georgia this Saturday down in Jacksonville. No word yet on who may be suspended for the Gators, but that could be huge 
for an absolutely massive game this weekend. We'll monitor that throughout the week and see if Dan Mullen does indeed say who will and will not play against the Bulldogs. And that is your week six in the SEC recap. Coming up next, we'll touch on who impressed and who depressed in week six of the SEC. We have a lot of awards to hand out after a crazy week of games. Hey, with the weather getting cooler, it means a lot of us are staying indoors more now, not as active, not sweating as much, and that means you may start adding on some pounds. You may need to start making some smarter food decisions, and our friends at Built Bar can help you do that. Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar ever. When I'm running around just a little too busy to stop for anything, yeah, it's a lot easier to just pull into a drive-thru or whatever, but I reach for Built Bar. 18 amazing flavors, six new ones, including my favorite cookies and cream. You can lose or maintain weight while you indulge in a delicious treat. Built Bars are low in calorie, they're low in sugar, high in protein, high in fiber, and the best part is if you go to BuiltBar.com right now and use our promo code LOCKEDON, you're going to get 20% off your next order. Give them a shot. Go to BuiltBar.com right now. Check out what they have to offer and make sure you use the code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Start making some healthy decisions in your life today. Rocking and rolling here on Locked On SEC. Remember to subscribe to our podcast. We're here for you five days a week. So we put a bow on week six of SEC play. Let's do it. We do it every Monday. Let's get to who impressed and depressed this past weekend. Who impressed and who depressed? We'll start with who impressed. And I got to start with Kyle Trask. You guys know I had him as my first team All-SEC quarterback coming into the season. Even had him on my Heisman watch list based on how good I expected him to be. Through four games, Trask has thrown for 1,300 yards, has completed over 68% of his passes, and has 18 passing touchdowns to two interceptions. Those 18 touchdowns, the most through four games in SEC history. And there are only three quarterbacks ahead of him in all of college football this year in touchdown passes. Dylan Gabriel, Sam Ellinger, Zach Wilson, and all three of those guys have played six games. Trask has played four. If he has a monster game against Georgia's defense this coming weekend, I'm telling you right now, Kyle Trask is going to be near the top of the Heisman conversation. See if he can keep it up the rest of the year. Who else impressed? Bo Nix at Auburn, man. Look, for all the criticism he has gotten this year, many of it is justified. He was just really special on Saturday in the win over LSU. A QBR of 92 in the game. He was 18 of 24, 300 yards, 81 rushing yards, four total touchdowns. That game was a big boost of confidence for Bo Nix. And with games against Mississippi State and Tennessee coming up, Bo Nix and Auburn could really be riding high ahead of that 11 or November 28th game coming up at Alabama. If they beat Mississippi State and they beat Tennessee, I think a lot of people are going to be giving them at least a chance to go in there and compete with the Crimson Tide. Who else impressed this week? Look, I'm just going to say the entire Alabama offense. Mac Jones, Najee Harris, Devontae Smith. Every week these guys are putting on a show. So maybe we just give the impressed award to Steve Sarkeesian, who continues to run one of the best offenses Alabama has ever had. Mac Jones leads the SEC in passing yards. 
Najee Harris leads the SEC in rushing yards. Devontae Smith is second in the SEC in receiving yards. But Jalen Waddell is third, and John Mechie is fifth. Three of the top receivers in the conference are Alabama players, and one of them is out for the year. He didn't even play this week in Jalen Waddell. They are a real problem for everybody in the conference and everybody in the country. Who else impressed? I'm going to throw in Bama DB Patrick Sertan. He had a pick six, four tackles, was part of a secondary that shut out Mississippi State. They are just really hitting their stride defensively, so I got to put Patrick Sertan in there. Another impressed Elijah Moore at Ole Miss, man. I mentioned him earlier. First Ole Miss player with multiple 200-yard receiving games in a single season. It's become such a dynamic weapon for the Rebels, and they may have a real hard time keeping him around for his senior season as the NFL will probably come calling. Lastly, I got to go with Georgia running back Zamir White. Very impressive. 26 carries, 136 yards, and a touchdown. He was the Georgia offense on Saturday, and the sophomore running back, Seems to maybe be finding his footing as the featured guy in the backfield for Georgia. Over 400 yards rushing on the season. He's going to need to have a big day this week against the Florida Gators. All right, let's get to who depressed this week in the conference. I got to start with LSU, man. And, And everyone at LSU, not even anyone specific. The offense, the defense, the special teams, quarterback play, running backs, defensive backs, linebackers, coaches. Everyone at LSU depressed this week. One of LSU's worst losses in school history came back in 1996 when they lost at Florida, 56-13. This one was pretty reminiscent of that one. Only difference is that Gator team was led by Danny Werfel, and they went went on to win the national championship. Werfel went on to win the Heisman. I hate to be a spoiler here, but this Auburn team ain't winning the national championship, and Bo Nix ain't winning the Heisman this year. LSU has got so many issues on defense, and on a week where they laid off several people in their athletic department due to COVID cuts, there aren't going to be any buyouts anytime soon on this staff. So anybody thinking that Bo Pelini is going to be packing up his bags, you got another thing coming. And as ugly as this one was, it could be even uglier in two weeks when Alabama comes to town. Who else depressed this week in the SEC? This might seem a little harsh. But Georgia quarterback Stetson Bennett, look, if they were playing any other SEC offense this weekend, they'd probably lose that game the way he played. Bennett completed just nine passes, throws two interceptions, doesn't throw for a touchdown. He did run for one. But a lot of Georgia fans are questioning their signal caller, who through five games this season has thrown for seven touchdowns with five interceptions. And all five of those picks have been thrown in his last two games. Big plus for him earlier this season was he was one of the only quarterbacks to have not thrown uh, an interception. But now that he's turning the ball over, you have to wonder if Stetson Bennett is the guy Georgia can trust in big moments. He's going to have his chance this week against Florida. I think a lot of Georgia fans, though, are asking, where is JT Daniels? Can he at least get a chance? Who else depressed? I'm going to go with the Arkansas defense. Look, they had bumper pullback this week. Grant Morgan, Hudson Clark, Joe Fouché, all those guys were out there. They just couldn't get stops when they needed it. The Aggies were 7 for 11 on third downs. They just kept plays alive and route to the end zone. They scored 42 points on this Arkansas defense. I think better weeks are ahead for Barry Odom and the Arkansas defense, though. And my last depressed this week, I'm going with Mike Leach. Man, what an absolutely abysmal offense the Bulldogs at Mississippi State have now. So impressive week one at LSU with 44 points, but since then, 
you've scored 14, you've scored two, you've scored 14, and you've scored zero. They should be able to get something going this week against Vanderbilt, but after that, you got Auburn, you got Georgia. It's going to get bad again for the Bulldogs of Mississippi State. And that is going to do it for this edition of the uh, Who Impressed and Depressed. And that's going to do it for this edition of the Locked On SEC Podcast. Make sure you subscribe. We're going to have some great guests throughout this week to preview some of the biggest games, including the biggest one. I mean, Georgia, Florida, nothing gets bigger than that. It is the de facto SEC East Championship. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out the Locked On College Football Podcast, where today's episode, I'm actually on, talking all things SEC with with Candace Cooper. So definitely uh, check that out over on Locked On College Football. I am Chris Gordy. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow.